Yo, it is another edition of the High Oves Podcast, the last edition before our guy gets married. Jackie Fritz is getting married on Saturday. Fritzy, you're going to Costa Rica. You're you're basically on vacation time right now. Fritz is throwing out atrocious takes to me before we start recording. I can't even repeat them. He uh, <laughs> He's making like 13-minute long commissioner videos in our WIV Fantasy Football League, which, by the way, was epic and awesome. But you are you are totally checked out right now, and I love it, Fritz. So, here's, so listen, I'm going to be in Costa Rica. I'm going to be a married man. People are going to think that I'm going to come back soft. Can I get some preemptive takes out there? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, you already got a few out before we uh, before we start recording. I hope you don't repeat those ones because they were pretty terrible. Number one, imagine not trading Nick Foles this offseason. I feel <laughs> yeah. good, I feel good about that one. Yeah, hold on, it's fine, but you got to say imagine not trading Eagles legend Nick Foles. That's the way to say it. Just so you know. Uh, Aaron Nola is better than Greg Maddox, and I don't think there's any <laughs> like. How can you even? Like, how could he even argue at this point? Like, he throws harder, oh, just as much goodness. movement. He's a better curveball. And his changeup is better than Greg Maddox's. Oh, I don't understand man. how this is even a conversation at this point. <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless. I got nothing to say there. I love Aaron Nola. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> man, man, he was, like, Aaron Nola today was just so unbelievable. And it was one of those, cl- like, Everyone wishes kind of baseball's back to the early 2000s, 80s, 90s, whatever, where starters would just take the ball and win a ball game. And listen, I love that kind of baseball. And I, I, I think that's a great brand of baseball. And I understand that third time through the lineup numbers are great. And it makes sense to take a guy out and all that stuff. But man, was it freaking awesome to see your ace take the ball and say, hey, Get on my back. I'm going to win us a ball game today in a game that the Phillies absolutely had to win. Yeah, Aaron Ola saved the season today, and I don't think that's an understatement. They would have been four back. The Braves handled their business as the Braves do against bad teams. You know the Phillies can do that against bad teams, Jack, but the Braves handled their business. They would have been four back. The division would have been, hey, look, I know they got seven of ten against the Braves to end the season, but it would have been in a really bad spot, falling further back in the wild card race. And also just the way this team was kind of reeling for the first time all season, you know, it's kind of been like the hallmark of all our discussions, Jack, is adversity and they battle back and they're never out of it. And for the first time all season, even you and a lot of people out there, we're starting to say, all right, it was fun. It was a good run. It was a good time. And look, they might not make the playoffs. They're they're right now. They're not a playoff team. If the season ended today, I know people love that trope. But for a day when the season, in my mind, really was on the line. Like I, I know there are thirty five games left, and and anything can happen. We saw a Phillies team win, you know, seven come back from seven in seventeen games against the Mets. So I, we all know anything can happen. But um, the way this team had been reeling, and today after losing uh, last night on the Zimmerman walk-off shot. They they had to have this game, Jack. And they had to have it against the best pitcher in baseball. And Aaron Nola went out there. And like you said, he just said, get on my back, guys. I got it. Don't even worry. This is mine. Like, I got this. And 
I think, Jack, and we've talked a lot on this show uh, all season long about how good Noel is and how he's underrated and how he's a... I think last time you and I talked, we talked about him being a top five pitcher in baseball. So we haven't been underrating him here, but I think from a national perspective, from a uh, around baseball perspective, this game to me felt like for the first time all season, people really took notice. You know, we're, we're, people are starting to say Aaron Nola for MVP now, Jack. Um, do you feel like this was kind of a, a statement moment in Nola's career so far? Yeah, because he, out, he outdueled Max Scherzer. And I thought Scherzer was brilliant. But, I mean, heading into the seventh inning, they were both of the same amount of innings. Heading into the seventh, I think Scherzer was into the 90s, whereas Aaron Nola was still in the 60s. And I thought very, a, very Greg Maddox like Jack. Oh yeah, I mean some say <laughs> some say it might be better than Greg Maddox. And what, what one says, but yes. <laughs> um, and, and and it's just like I think I think for the first time in, in maybe his entire career, people finally realize what Aaron Nola is. He's not he's not Max Scherzer. He's not ninety seven. He's not all that like overwhelming stuff. But what Aaron Nola is is a guy that throws wiffle balls. And today, his two-seamer was just, I mean, it's always like this, but today it just felt like it was jumping a little bit extra. It felt like his curveball was a little bit extra. It felt like he took his, his game to a next level. And, and it was just, it was, it was something that the aces of ace do. And do I think the, the Nola, for Cy Young, or Nola for MVP talk is a little aggressive? And do I think it's going to happen? <laughs> like, I, I just think that I think it's ridiculous. Like, I don't think I'm he's with this, you. I, I, I mean, he's going he's not going to win the Cy Young. How can he make him MVP? I, yeah. and, and DeGrom should be the, the Cy Young winner. But regardless, he's a top three pitcher in the NL. And, and that's not debatable at all. Like, he's been absolutely brilliant. And it felt like that a lot of people, based off social media interaction and all that stuff, around the game were just tuning in today to see Nola versus Scherzer. And the fact that Nola went out there and just outdueled Scherzer, it was a very, a very proud moment for a proud papa. Yeah, I think I think we were all kind of proud papas today when Nola went out there. And um, look, I, I think it's also really heartening to see that in the two biggest starts he's had all season, under the brightest lights, the Boston start, and today he's been his best, like the best we've ever seen him. You could say, at least in my mind, the two best starts of his career. And we're this deep into his season, and he's getting better, Jack. And he's got a, um, he's, just, he's got a big game feel to him. He, he just, does. He has, like he it, really does. He's so solution. calm and he's so collected. Like he never it never feels like things are too big for him. When the Phillies make the playoffs, whether it's this year or in the next coming years, like I this year has just solidified my belief that Nick, that, that Aaron Nola is going to be. A, a big game pitcher for a long time. Whether it's the 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 wild card game, throwing him out there in a one game elimination playoff scenario, whether it's the, the DSCS uh, World Series, like this guy doesn't get phased by anything, and I think he relishes in pitching in big moments. Like you mentioned, the Red Sox game, it wasn't in hindsight not that big of a uh, that big of a game, but I think in his mind he was saying to himself, "I'm facing the best offense in baseball. Let me show them what I can do today." They needed an ace lake performance. They needed a stopper, and Aaron Nola went out there and was the stopper. And he, he feels like a guy that that rises to big occasions. Uh, he can throw. Now he's at the point where he can throw three pitches for strikes in any count. And I talked to Kevin Franzen about this. Like, how do you have a plan for a guy that can do that? Because I don't think you can. Name dropper, right there. Good work. It's it's a pod dropper though. It's, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, 
it's embracing the pod. So why yeah. don't you just relax there? Um, look, hey, I'm a Kevin Branson fan. I think that, and I think, you know, everyone does a good job and all that. I think he is the best uh, who has done it with uh, with Scott Franzke other than Larry Anderson, obviously. And um, I think that they have a great rapport on the air and Franzen just, you know, says things that, that the other guys don't. So I, I really like Franzen, but well, and uh, he's actually like, he actually embraces analytics. Like and he embraces the modern game of baseball and he doesn't just trash on the product that it's on the field right now. And I think as a fan, like, how do you not find that refreshing? Like, I think the people that listen to the high hopes podcast are people that are generally younger and generally in tune with how modern baseball works. And for the entire season, it's felt like both announcing crews have kind of crapped on that. And I think when you bring in a guy like Franzen, it just, it just feels more like, like, this is how I want to listen to modern baseball. Look at this. I love it. But uh, back to your NOLA point. So I like that you, with the big game call and all that, you've gone, he's Greg Maddox during the regular season and John Smoltz in the playoffs. That's where you're going with Aaron NOLA. And I like it. Uh, I'm a fan of it. But I, I, I agree with you on the fact that, that, at least from what we've seen so far, it seems like NOLA relishes those moments and is at his best. And and I'm with you, man. That's it's so incredibly exciting to think about, especially because, um, look, I, the national media and just baseball fandom has been slow to pick up on how great Nola was, Nola is. But it's you know, at first it took us a little bit of time to get there too. I think all of us, as he progressed, were like, oh wait, he's not a three. Oh wait, he's he's not a two. He's an ace. He's a legit ace who you can put in the biggest of games and think that oh that guy's gonna go out and win this for me, and that's. It's awesome, man. It, it's do I have re- to? Do I have to do it? Do I have to do it right now? I mean, it, it feels like you're kind of teeing me up for this, but that fraud, Pete McCannon. <laughs> it was around this time last year. It was around this time last year that Pete McCannon came out into the media and said <laughs> that Aaron Nola is a number three starter. Thank. Listen, listen, Pete McCannon. It, like, if you hate Gabe Gapler, you probably like Pete McCannon, which means you're probably an idiot. And like Gabe Cap or <laughs> Pete McCannon came out and said that Aaron Nola was a number three starter and proceeded to bat Freddie Galvis in the two hole for an entire season. And you're going to tell me you missed that kind of baseball manager. Get out of here. I love that. If there are people listening to this podcast who are fans of Pete McCannon, you just called them idiots. So it's good. Shout out to, uh, to the uh, idiots. Agreeing yeah, Jack. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, probably not a ton of people are big Pete McCannon fans listening to this one. And look, I think there's a reason Pete McCannon doesn't have a job right now. And there's a reason that Pete McCannon has always been an interim manager. All right. That, that's just, it, there's a reason for that. But um, look, I, I, you know, back to Nola, I just think, uh, I think it's exciting. I, I think it's, um to, to, it's not just, we've seen him grow and progress and all that, but to see him, in these moments, the first opportunity, obviously this season where we've gotten to see him pitch in big games and to see him step up the way he has, has been really heartening. I do agree with you though, that I think Jacob deGrom right now has to get the Cy Young. And I know that wins matter to, to voters, but Jacob deGrom, I, I mean, what that dude is doing this year is, is pretty amazing. And and from an MVP perspective, just to the point, cause I do agree with you. I I'm very generally very leery about giving the Young or the MVP to a player who plays every fifth day. I do think it's interesting though, that, that, and and again, I would give it to Nolan Arenado before I would give it to, to Nola. There are a couple other guys I would probably give it to probably Freddie Freeman as well. But, but having said that, there's no question that Aaron Nola is the MVP of the Phillies this year. I, there's just no question about it. And I do think that 
uh, again, I'm, I'm very hesitant, and I know that Kershaw has won it, and I think Verlander might have won the MVP, and, you know, it happens. But I do think that in a way, in a weird way, Nola's MVP case is is just as strong as his Cy Young case in the sense that how this Phillies team is. But we've talked about all year, like, how are they winning games? How does this keep happening? All that type of stuff. I think Aaron Nola, so clearly, 19 wins in his starts this season. That's you know, over a quarter of their wins on the season, I think, that there is at least, I generally think it's a ridiculous thing to give the uh, starting pitcher the MVP. But in this case, Jack, I don't think it's as crazy as normal. I think that there's at least a case to be made. I think he's a top five-ish MVP candidate this year. No, there's certainly a case to be made. I mean, he's going to end up uh, like being a defining factor in a lot of Phillies wins this year, which obviously is not totally predicated on team success. Like I understand why wins have been totally pretty much ridiculed in, in all of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It's a silly stat for, pitchers. but I mean, he does. I mean, if you're looking at B war, he has the highest war amongst all NL players, which is ridiculous. Now, if you look at F at, at fan war, it's a little different. Uh, he's like third behind DeGrom and Scherzer. And listen, I think DeGrom's a Cy Young. I mean, he has a one seven one ERA and it's, it's so absurd, man. And also the lowest FIP. So like he's a, he's the Cy Young and I think he's ridiculous. Um, but that shouldn't discount how much, and Aaron Nola has meant to this Phillies team this year and how ridiculous he has been. His, his MVP case is probably better than his Cy Young case, which is a little ridiculous. But um, That was I kind did, of my point, which is kind yeah. of weird. It's kind of crazy. No, and, and it's fine. Like I don't think he's going to win MVP. But the fact that we've been having this discussion <laughs> exactly. is it's utterly ridiculous for utter, a guy that yeah. uh, he was, he's supposed to be a fast riser, rise to the minor leagues, number seven overall, that was going to be like a number three, whatever. And for him to, to, to develop into this is just, is just insane. And that's great. And at, at the age of 25, no less. Right, right. And I saw Gilio put out the, the rankings of, the, of players in Philadelphia right now. And he had Embiid one, Nola two, Carson three, which like, I mean, you can, you can argue that ho- however you want, but the fact is that all three of those guys are under 25, which yes. is. And, which and is, I think that's the top three. I, I've, we've talked about this. I would put Wentz ahead of Nola, but regardless, I think that's the top three. And I, which and is I fine. I don't think it's arguable. I know Ben Simmons is a really good player. Like, I don't think you can argue it right now. No, I don't think you can either. And the fact that like Aaron Nola, that, that, that sequence to Harper, Oh, you know, I meant you know, to get to that. Oh my goodness, dude! That I mean, that was the de- like today was his defining start, but that that at bat is his defining at bat. Pitches one hundred one and pitches one hundred two on the day were both ninety five miles an hour, right past Bryce Harper, who has been the hottest hitter on the planet uh, in the entire second half. And I am leaning towards preferring him over Machado if if I need to. Oh. Oh, oh, who said that? Uh, who on this show re- said that before? Who said that? Um, Listen, man. Oh, wait, who was it? Was it? Oh, it was me. I said that. Re- okay, he, just check. He, he's really good. He's really good. Harper's locked in. And and Nola just completely blew two fastballs right by him. And All right. Huge moment. All right. Uh, it, we wouldn't be talking about the win if it weren't for Phillies putting up a couple runs. And Jack, how did they put up those runs? Mm, the guy, Hashtag wait. pro double baby. Uh, are we sure it wasn't Roman Quinn? Is O'Double getting locked back in, Jack? Do you feel it coming? I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, I feel like you, me, Joe Giglio, Mike Angelina, and a few other people have basically been fighting the good fight. And, uh, and the vast well, majority not, of people... Not- 
Notthegoodfight.com. We, we like thegoodfight.com. We've just been fighting the yes. pro duel. No, pro no, duble. no. I love thegoodfight.com. Yes, <laughs> you knew what I meant. The Good Fight, F-I-G-H-T. We've been fighting the Good Fight. And I believe those guys have too, actually. Good Fight has been I know. I know. pro duel in that right. case. No, no, it was a good clarification, actually, because you're right. It could have come off as I'm starting a feud with people I like. But, um, um, you know, uh, do you feel this coming? Is is this the time? I, I honest, this is going to sound... This might be the dumbest thing I've ever said, which is saying a lot. That's not true. What you said to me before the show was the dumbest thing I've ever said, but this could be second. I thought he he was starting to look locked in ever since his at-bat Sunday against the Mets. You mentioned that on the last show, actually, that we did. I know, and I thought he looked better, and then he kind of dipped out. And even the home run today, listen, I was very excited about the home run today, but it kind of felt like a mistake, and he had a toe tap, and it was just, there's a lot going on there, and I want to believe he was locked in, but I kind of feel like it was it was barrel met baseball at the exact right time and i'm not sure he was completely locked in because because even the even the two at bats previous to that it was just weak fly balls to to i think shortstop and center field and it was just like this guy's this guy's popping up more than he's ever has in his entire career like it the his infield fly rate is ridiculous and the the home run is great i i what made odubel so good and why we defended him for a long time was that he was hitting a bunch of doubles and sometimes a home run would come and i think he has i think he has three doubles since june which is like ridiculous not good, not not good. good. it's not it's not good at all what made a double double is the doubles the home run was great today but i would rather have all the doubles rather than you know he'll probably hit 25 homers this year i would rather have the doubles than i would the home runs Jack Fritz prefers doubles to home runs. Remember well, you, everyone but, that, you know, he said that. But you know what I mean, right? Like, I know. I'm kidding. Wait, it you makes know sense. that you know Odu- the point is when Odubel starts ripping doubles in the gap and into the right field wall, then you know he's locked in. Right. Home and run today a- doesn't show you that he's locked in. Right. I thought like like I would be more in on a double being back back if it was uh, a double in the first and then the home run. It was just like the home run kind of felt like a product of a of a of a good swing in a good spot, and it was a great time to do it. But I, I'm not gonna say he, or I'm not gonna proclaim that he's fully back. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I'm not ready to do that either. But certainly, nice to see uh, Jack. Obviously, we can't ignore the fact that this team has played pretty poorly up until the Aaron Nola throwing them on his back today game. And I know you and I are very frustrated. You seemingly uh, almost despondent yesterday after the loss. Uh, you know. A season over ish type of thoughts in your head has uh, where are you at with this team right now? Just on a macro level, with coming off the win yesterday. I mean, look, Tommy Hunter talked about it in the in the locker room after saying, you know, we're going to go on a run here. Uh, I think that Reese Hoskins talked about it before the game, saying, you know, if you fold up now, you shouldn't be playing baseball and all that type of stuff. They're saying the right things. They go out today, and obviously with the help of a of one particular guy get the job done but are you still nervous about this team or do you think that today could be an opportunity to kind of turn things around here uh i think i think today can uh be a little bit of a springboard for sure and hopefully hopefully it is like i'm not i'm not like i i i was very upset with the first two games of the series and i understand that um you know, things could have turned out differently, and they could have they could have swept the series. I mean, they were up four one in the seventh in game one. They were obviously up in in the ninth last night before Ryan Zimmerman's BS took over. Um, God, I hate that guy. Yeah, I, the word. He's I, such a 
He's such a beady eyed turd. I can't. Yeah, he's him. oh, he's a hate the face guy alone. Like just like if, even if he never played baseball against the Phillies, I could see Ryan Zimmerman walking down the street and go, "Yeah, I hate that guy." Right, and and it, and you know it, the it just it has felt like everything with the Phillies that has been going on this season started to catch up to them. Like the 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 starting the starting pitcher the starting pitching numbers were ridiculous. Like all the young guys were far outperforming their projections. And it, it felt like there was regression coming, but they kept pitching well and all that stuff. The offense was maddeningly inconsistent, which they've just been all this entire season. And the defense was still terrible. Um, and it felt like there were some leaks in the bullpen. It just started to feel like everything that was going right for the Phillies, all the, all the little things, they just started to not go right for them at the wrong time when they're trying to make a playoff run. And honestly, they looked tired to me. They looked worn out. Um, and today was really nice to see Aaron Nola come in and, Put them on the back and hopefully jolt them a little bit. Hopefully, like if you're if you're in a clubhouse, right, and you see your ace go out there, put that kind of performance on. Like, how do you not just say, "Come on, boys! Like, we gotta we gotta nut up and we gotta go. We gotta go." He he is laying it all out there on the line for us. Let's go help him out. Let's go on our little run here because the, the first two games of the series they lost. But it, it felt like it, it felt like they were worn out, they were tired, and the bullpen was starting to make mistakes. And it was honestly, it just felt like this team was was kind of crumbling a little bit. And even though they won today, they still haven't won a they haven't won a series since June, July twenty sixth. Like that's that's just a fact. And hopefully, the series against Toronto kind of jumpstarts them a little bit because the Blue Jays kind of stink. Yeah, well, the Blue Jays definitely sink and. Uh, but again, look, uh, a team stinking has not seemed to make as much of a difference nope, for, this sure team, <laughs> for this Phillies team as it uh, should be. Um, but um, look, uh, we'll get into the Toronto series in a minute, but I think I think you're dead on there. And I think, look, if nothing else, from like you said, even from a human perspective, if you see someone go out and do that for you, for your team, for your cause, you know, kind of like when you see me just you know, host the hell out of a high hopes podcast. You want to, you want to kill it for me too. You know what I mean? Yeah. You wanna, agreed. Yeah. Yep. So, but look, I, I, I really believe in that. And I, and I think that if nothing else, and again, I, I understand, like you said, Jack, that's uh, I didn't realize it. I, if I realize when you stop and think about it, you know, they lost the series of Padres, they lost the Mets. They taught, you know, um, didn't win series against Boston. Didn't lose them either, but it has what? been a, yeah, exactly. Split them. Um, so it's been a while. I, I just when you hear that, you know, July twenty sixth. That's it's almost a month since they won a series. So that is a, a jarring stat. But um, I, I do think that look again, not to to beat that drum again, but this team has shown resilience all season long. And I think that you know if they're going to make a run, now's the time. After that, Aaron Nola showing the opportunity to go back out and get themselves back in this. And, and Jack, you mentioned it, but they got to do it against Toronto. I, I, this is, um, they've been so disappointing against teams that they should beat and beat handily, like lately against the Mets, against the Padres, against this Nationals team, which isn't as good as them. But really, you know, the, the really bad teams they face, they seem to play down to their competition. It's been a hallmark of this team so far, um, at least certainly over the last month when they've they've struggled. So, it's a big spot going into Toronto against, like you said, a bad baseball team. The dude who's pitching against them tomorrow night is a dude I've never even heard of, Ryan Baraki. He's got an 81 ERA, Jack. Uh, so this is a guy you got to take advantage well, of. 
Well, yeah. I mean, the, the guy who started Saturday in the Padres. That's or, what that's well, a, so, yeah, or or Jason Vargas, Vargas Sunday. I know. I'm with you. That's my point. Like that is my point here is that this team needs to go into Toronto and handle their business. We'll get to that in a minute, but real quick, I got to touch on a couple uh, a couple injuries. Adubai Ramos gets sent down. Not a huge uh, deal. Obviously, Ramos has been uh, um, excuse me gets put on the DL. Been uh, off and on with the injuries, but. Um, we all thought Wilson Ramos was headed to the DL as Andrew Knapp was in the clubhouse today and reporters reporting Wilson Ramos, the DL likely, and turns out Wilson Ramos going to be okay. That is great news. The hand injury doesn't seem to be uh, bad enough to put him on the DL, but we got kind of a surprise as Justin Bohr to the DL with an oblique strain. I know that you're probably happy about this because you don't have to hear people asking for Bohr to play more, but <laughs> outside of your, you know, your the take side of this, um, how big a loss is this for this team? I know that, you know, as a, someone who's played fantasy baseball for, for close to 20 years, oblique injuries suck for players. They never come back when they're supposed to. If it's a month, it's six weeks. If it's two weeks, it's four weeks. It's always a longer injury than it should be, which makes sense. I mean, you think about the obliques and swinging bats, and it's a, it's a tough injury for a baseball player. But um, how, how much is this injury uh, a concern for you in terms of the, the roster and, and heading into this stretch run here? Are you saying that I care more about facilitating my brand than the well-being <laughs> of the Phillies? <laughs> no, I actually don't think that, but I think it's far closer than it should be. How about that? Yeah, it, it is. But, um, <laughs> and I like Justin, I like Justin Bohr a lot. But I don't. I don't think he should be playing over Carlos Santana. But regardless of that point, um, yeah. And last night was surprising too because it was the ninth inning. Um, it was. It was like I thought. I thought the move was a one of the worst moves I've seen from Gabe Kapler's entire season. It was the the top of the ninth. They had bases loaded. They had a lefty in to face Justin Bohr, and Justin Bohr doesn't hit lefties. And that's just a fact. Like Justin Bohr does not hit well against lefties. And I would have put in Scott Kingery. I know Scott Kingery has had a had a rough year, but. Uh, if you've watched the last week, week and a half, he actually is putting solid swings on baseballs and looks like to kind of slowly be breaking out of this thing. Um, if Wilson Ramos is healthy, I would have liked to see him, see him get an at-bat. And then into the ninth inning, Justin Bohr is all of a sudden out of the game, and Reese Hoskins was playing first base. Um, Roman Quinn was in left, and Adubo was in center. And like I was saying to myself, why would you... Why would you hit Justin Bohr there if you're going to take him out of the game anyway? Like, it, it didn't make any sense from a baseball standpoint. And now this came out today um, where he had the oblique injury. And, yeah, I mean, that stinks because I think the optionality uh, was really good. And I think late in games, like, if you're going to tell me we have to choose between Justin Bohr or, <laughs> or Andrew Knapp, like, yeah, I'll, I'll take Justin Bohr every single time. And whether or not that was that – was, Putting the pressure on Carlos Santana, I hope it was because heading into today's game before he had to face Max Scherzer, um, Santana was on a six-game hitting streak and looked like he was starting to square up some baseballs. And I hope maybe the addition of Justin Bohr was like, all right, man, I got to start kicking, kicking it into gear a little bit here. Um, the worst part of the Bohr injury is the bench stuff because there's late in games. It's nice to have Justin Bohr or not even late games. If, if it's a sixth inning and there's runners on first and second, and instead of bringing a pitcher up, you can kind of bring up Bohr and he can hopefully turn a turn a, a bunt situation into a big inning. And um, it would have been nice heading into September with all the bullpen pieces to have Justin Bohr out there. But like you said, oblique injuries just suck. And we, we don't know when he's going to come back. 
Yeah, it's it's a real bummer. It's it's just a terrible injury for a bit, as we discussed. In terms of uh, whatever they say, Justin, or whatever they expect, just add a week at least to it. But um, I'm with you. It, it's a bummer of an injury from from a roster construction standpoint, from the ability to mix and match. Um, and, and most importantly, like you said, for whether it's the sixth, seventh, the eighth inning, whatever it is, to have that that legit bat come in uh, that you can count on in those spots to give you a good at bat, to potentially knock one out of the park, um, it is, uh, it's frustrating. And, and I thought and when given the opportunity to start, Boar played really well as well. Really, his entire tenure so far in Philadelphia has been just one good at bat after another for the most part. So uh, it, it's a bummer of an injury, but um, like you said, I do think, I, I totally believe that Santana's recent surge is the result of Boar. You know, what else? It makes sense. I mean, the timing matches up and and I, I, they're humans. You know, if you're getting pushed a little bit, you would expect that you're going to kind of try and produce a little more and, and maybe that fire has has worked for uh, for Santana. By the way, uh, just to note, this won't happen too often, but the Philadelphia Phillies and the Philadelphia Eagles both played a game today. And the Phillies scored more runs. Well, so, points, I guess. Yeah, Phillies outscored them. How about there that? Go. Let's go with that. I mean, Jesus. But, um, <laughs> but back to the Phillies, the team that really matters. Um, but the only ja- team that matters. The only team that matters. And the team that will win more championships from now forward. How about that? But a Jack, weird take, but okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. I mean, it's I, if I had to bet though, I would bet you if you ask me who's going to win more championships over the next ten years or fifteen years, let's say, I think I'd bet on the Phillies. Okay, and I, you know, I I, I thank you for bringing that up for one second because you know whether or not the the Phillies make the playoffs or not, it would stink if they miss the playoffs because we've watched this entire season. It's been a really fun season having the Phillies back. Has been mostly good, except like the the takes are just ridiculous. Like the the the, the Eagles' nature of Phillies takes has just almost driven me off a cliff. But um, this is the worst that Phillies are going to be for the next five to seven years. Like mm-hmm. like this is this is the worst. Like I understand they they're not the youngest team in baseball anymore because they brought in Estrubal, Wilson Ramos, Justin Boyd, like all these older guys. But before that, they were the youngest team in baseball, and they're still in first place at the NL East. And heading into next year, you're going to add a Machado or Harper. And then these, the, the pitching staff is going to get better. Like, everything about the Phillies is going to get better. And I just want to keep that in context for people who are just like, oh, the Phillies suck, Klentak, Gabe Kapler. Like, they don't know what they're doing. Like, this is the worst this team's going to be for the next five to seven years. So buckle up. 100% that is a fact in my mind. It's not even a, a hope. In my mind, that's a fact. Uh, and they have the money, they have the resources, and they have young talent, Jack, like you said. So th- the future is bright, and it's a great point as this season unfolds and as we, you know, whether they make the playoffs or not, or even if they stumble out of it and don't even play meaningful games in the last week or two of the season, uh, no matter what happens, a, this has already been a successful season, and B, the future is so incredibly bright. So I think it's really important to remember that. And we also, I don't know how we got uh, this far into the uh, the show without mentioning that the Phillies got their 69th win of the season today, Jack. It's very pretty, nice. It's a pretty nice number. Uh, but um, I think it's a great point. And, and I think looking forward, people should keep that in mind. And it's going to be a really exciting time for this Phillies team in Philadelphia moving forward. Jack, any other final thoughts on uh, kind of the past week or so since we've talked um, or last you know, few days that we've talked before we kind of look ahead to what's coming up? 
Well, I feel like um, I should probably talk about this because it's. Well, I feel like what it's why people tune in. People tune in for the Jack Fritz pitching breakdowns, and I feel like I just got to talk about the starters for a second. You're very, very full of yourself there. I like that. That people are tuning in for your pitching takes. It's good. Yeah, no, no one cares about what you bring this podcast. <laughs> they they tune in for the pitching breakdowns. I think that's I think, I think it's it's actually. I think it's fair. Listen, it's I'm fair. getting married this weekend. It's my weekend. Anyway, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, okay, so Zach Eflin the other night. His fastball location has not been good. And and if, if Zach Eflin wants to reach a I completely trust you stage of his career, he's got to have good fastball location. Because as we saw, um, I guess that was Wednesday night, he, he, without fastball location, he is just not a very good pitcher. And it was weird, though, because, you know, he, he, had, he had Trey Turner on first in two different scenarios. And although it's scenarios, I don't know why it just says scenarios. I think I said scenarios because John Bartram says scenarios, and he is so bad at pronouncing things that I just got it in my head that it's scenarios. It's scenarios. It's it definitely that, scenarios. I know. And, unless and you're unless you're British. And John also says uh, instead of routes, he says roots, which yeah. I noticed, and it really yeah. pisses me off. Anyway, um, there was two scenarios where he w- had Trey Turner on first base. And instead of focusing on getting out Bryce Harper, who is, again, the hottest hitter on the planet, he, he is throwing over three or four times, or maybe even seven times. And I, just, I didn't understand the logic of that because cause, cause Zach Eflin is a guy who, who is a rhythm pitcher. When he gets in a groove, he's almost unhittable. And he completely got himself out of the groove. And I don't know whose idea that was. I don't know if it was, if it was Zach Eflin's idea or Rick Kranz's idea, but I thought it was a terrible decision to make because, listen, Trey Turner's going to steal a base regardless. How about you focus on getting the guy that can tie the game on one swing? I, I just thought it was, it was bad pitching. Uh, his fastball location I thought was all over the place, um, and it was leaking over the, uh, over the middle of the plate, and, and guys were taking advantage of it. So not a great start for Zach Eflin. Starting to get a little bit concerned there. Um, and it's just like, I know revisionist history is revisionist history. Uh, and listen, the process the process with Cole Hamels is the process. I mean, Cole Hamels, before the trade to the Cubs, was a legitimately bad pitcher. Like, he was a bad pitcher. Whether you, whether you want to throw the road splits in my face, listen, his last two road, road starts, he allowed four earned runs. He was not a good pitcher before he left Texas. Tonight, he throws a complete game, uh, allows one run, and has like a .6 ERA since joining the Cubs. Like it's just it's it's very frustrating now that it it feels like some of the the Phillies pitching has hit its wall. Yeah, and look, the cold thing. Obviously, I think there are a lot of people who are really angry and frustrated about it. But I'm with you, Jack. I mean, if you looked at the pitcher that Cole Hamels has been in Texas really for the last year, um, it wasn't a good one. And look, sometimes guys get into situations where it's competitive and games matter, and that gets them going. And I think that's what happened with Hamels and. Um, that's not something you can predict. That's not something you can know. As we've seen Hamels be an amazing pitcher in big games, and we've also seen him be a terrible pitcher in big games. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really fair point, and, and it's certainly been frustrating hearing the Cubs takes. All and right, again, Velasquez with with four innings, just a Are brutal you, one. I mean, that, that was it's a start straight start with that. Yeah, that one. I mean, it's hard to blame him for this one, though. I mean, an hour and a half rain delay or whatever it was. I mean. It's like I I was surprised he let him go back out there to be honest yeah. in that spot because 
usually, you know, your arm, you know, if you pitch for three innings or whatever it was, your arm cools down and all that. And you got to get it back up and go back out there. You're a pitcher. You know how tough that is. I, I, I have trouble getting upset about that. I think that was as much the rain delay as anything. Yeah, he was, he was mostly fine. Uh, the one thing I noticed in that game, though, and this is the old pitcher in me, but like Victor Arano comes in. He, yes, he, I a bit real quick. I saw you tweet this, and I thought this was a great point, Jack. Yeah, so Victor Arano comes in with bases loaded and gets out of it with one out, and it's just it's just it's just how pitching works sometimes, where you 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 go into a big moment, you get out of it, and like going back out there and not being able to reach that emotional high that you were just on and that emotional energy and focus that you had. It just kind of, it's kind of pitching. It's kind of how pitching has always worked. I know it, it worked for me. I know I'm like a division two pitcher, but it, it's kind of just it, the philosophy of the pitcher. When you get out of a, of a big moment like that, it's hard to uh, replicate the kind of intensity that you need to get out of that. And I wouldn't have put a Rano out there again, but that's just me. Yeah, it's human nature, and we've talked about that a lot, and I know I say it a lot, but I do think that uh, in, a, in a general sense, I think people don't step back enough and say, oh, yeah, these are human beings playing these sports, and they're not robots or whatever uh, who act the way you expect them to act. So I think that's, uh, I think it's a really fair point on the psychology of a pitcher and, and that type of spot. Um, all right, looking ahead. Big series against Toronto. You never thought you'd be saying huge series against Blue Jays, but it is, Jack. And Must uh, win? Must win. Yeah, I think you need to win the series for sure. I think you have to win two of three. And to be honest, I I, I really need them to win all three. I, and again, I'll be okay with two of three, but I think you have to win this series, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's not very I mean, good. And the, the Braves are playing the Marlins too. Let's not forget that. Wait, hold on. That's not possible. This, this is illegal, right? Like, they've... The, the Braves have only played the Marlins for this last month. I know. Uh, it's been so they, brutal. I don't think they've played anyone else. That's, that can't be legal. I know. It's unbelievable. Maybe maybe a Marlin will throw it to Acuna again and it'll set it off. Uh, yeah, I mean, and Toronto started – like me and you, me and you both follow baseball a lot. Yep. And I've never heard of the guy they're starting tomorrow. Me either. Uh, Literally never heard of him. Marco Estrada on Saturday, like he's fine, but – for the love of he God. He stinks. I think Marcus Trotta's Sunday. I think it's Aaron Sanchez on Saturday. Oh, uh, well, on my app it says. And well, Sunday on my app, it has uh, Gavigli- or Sam Gaviglio. Yeah, they have him starting. Joe right. Giglio starting on Sunday. So, <laughs> um, I think Joe yeah. Giglio is a better pitcher than Sam Gaviglio. Again, like not a good starting staff. Um, I, need to be, I need a big weekend from Justin Smoke for my fantasy team. But other than him, uh, just not a great offense. So yeah, it, it's a big weekend. Take advantage of this team, uh, and and take care of business. And hopefully, like we said, the the Nola start jolts this team a little bit. Yeah, I I'm with you. I think it has to. And uh, it, look, this team's bad. This Blue Jays team. They're 11 games under 500, but I think they're a worse team than that. Um, they're still kind of living off a, a decent enough start. Um, guys, there. This this is uh one of those teams that most Phillies fans are gonna watch this game and say. Who the hell's Teoscar Hernandez or, you know, whatever. There's a lot of names in this lineup that, that you guys aren't going to know. But um, that's the reason the have to take advantage of them and they have to beat a bad team. More importantly than all that, Jack Fritz is getting married this weekend. Fritz, yes. how you feel? Like, give us give us the quick one minute. How you feeling about your last days as a bachelor? Well, I mean, I haven't really been a bachelor for like nine years. So Yeah, true. But yeah. you know what I mean? Technically. Uh- 
Technically, sure. Uh, listen, I'm honestly excited to get it over with. I think the wedding's gonna be fun. I'm gonna, I'm very much looking forward to it. But like the little stuff, I'm excited to get over with. The like, the like, I don't know. It's just like some of the stuff is just so pointless to me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, and frankly, I haven't really planned that much. It's been mostly Jill who's killing it. But mm -hmm. um, but I just like it's 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 caused some unneeded stress that I don't want to deal with. I'm not a big stress guy. So. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day. I think it's going to be great. I have some, I have some Phillies related stuff in my vows, which wow. I think it's very on brand for me. I'm, uh -huh. I'm, I don't take anything seriously. So I think I should take my vows semi seriously. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, it, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to get away from work for like a good week and a half, go to Costa Rica, uh, you know, hang out. It's going to be great. It's gonna be great. And uh, and I'll come back with some takes. Yeah, Fritzy is on vacation. I'm sure he'll find a way to get his takes in while he's on vacation. But oh yeah, I yeah. mean, listen, I'm I mean, be, listen, I'm not even gonna be a log on Twitter. Well, I probably will be there. There's probably Wi-Fi, but I'm. Sure I'm gonna get a call from Fritz in Costa Rica with his telling me, hey, hey, here's my Twitter password. You gotta put this out there for me. This has to get out there. I have to, as Jack told me before the show, he's gotta document his takes. That that's how that's how important this is. Yeah, well, listen, I'm going to be in Costa Rica. I'm going to be thick. I just don't know, James. Like, I know it's my honeymoon. I know I'm, but like, but the Phillies are in a Don't brick. stop. Stop it. Stop it. I know where you're going. We've talked. Okay. Okay. Hi, Hopes listeners. You wonderful, beautiful people. You. Um, I need you to tweet at Jack Fritz. Two things. One, wish him congratulations on getting married because that's really cool. And Jill is a sweetheart of a girl. And uh, I'm very excited for him. But. Also tweeted him and tell him to not watch the Phillies on his honeymoon, especially because he'll be in Costa Rica and to watch the Phillies, he's going to have to jump through hoops while he's on his honeymoon with his new wife for Jill. Do this for Jill. Please tell Jack. Congratulations. But take a week off from the Phillies, bud. They are in a pennant race. And I feel like I'm willing them to victories. Um... I don't know. We'll see. I, I will try not to watch the Phillies, but I also think about them 95% of my days. So, so good I'm, luck I'm with sure that Jill, I'm sure Jill's happy to hear. Does she get the other 5% at least, or is she like sure. 3% and then there's two here, one here? Um, 2% right. is, is Foles takes. <laughs> well, those will be firing out tonight, too. So it's a big week for Jack Fritz. Everyone, again, seriously, though, um, if you like Jack Fritz like I do, uh, shoot him congratulations as, uh, as you get married. Our, our, our little guys get married, and we're very excited about it. So, sure. um, Fritzy, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I think you've had enough thoughts. I don't even think you need a final thought for this one. No, I got, I got a final thought. You always and... do. Uh, I just want to point out that in his last uh, 11 games, Cornelius Randolph. Yes. 342 average with a 405 OBP and two homers in double A. That is very interesting. Monitoring it closely. Him, Moniac, Hazley. Are the Phillies too good? Maybe. But, <laughs> Wouldn't that but, be something if Moniac and Randolph guys who and I, I had written off Moniac, he's so young in the first pick and all that, but like I think many people written off Randolph, still young as well, but or young ish. But uh, wouldn't it be something if they got something out of those two guys? Yeah, they can get something. A Mike Trout trade. They are playing their way right into the Mike Trout trade. 
I got nothing else. That's a perfect final thought right Thank there. Thank you. Mike. Bring Mike Trout to do it for Jack's wedding as a wedding present. I mean, you're Thank talking you. about the Phillies and your vows. So, all right, uh, that's gonna do it for uh, this. I hope John Marks and I will be back as uh, as Jack will be on his honeymoon, come to you on Sunday, and maybe a little audio from the wedding. We're gonna try and make that happen too. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, either way, shout out to Jack Fritz getting married. We love him. Enjoy Costa Rica, buddy. And uh, again, everyone, shout him some congratulations. Uh, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Until then, uh, go Phillies. <laughs>